There's a technical issue with this podcast. Uh, the service I was using had some compatibility issues with my browser, so none of my questions got recorded, only David's answers. So I edited it together into sort of a monologue, um, but at some places, you know, I'm asking questions and he's responding to those. You can't hear the questions, but, you know, he's so good, it's worth hearing um, his answers because, frankly, his answers are a lot better than my questions anyways. Um, so here it is, uh, the B2B Lead Gen Podcast with David Eyes, CEO of TV Eyes. Welcome, B2B startups, change-ups, scale-ups, and grown-ups. This is the B2B Lead Gen Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman. Let's do this. Okay. Um, I'm a software engineer by training and uh, moved to New York City in the mid-80s and started a consulting company. And uh, during the late 90s, uh, I had an engineer that was day trading uh, instead of actually writing software for me. And uh, then I joined him and uh, had the idea, well, we need to write some software to watch television while we're holding these, uh, these tech companies in short positions. So I wrote the first version of TVIs, which was basically a closed captioning uh, observing software that, that monitored uh, CNBC in real time. And uh, we utilized that as a tool to do our day trading. And then within a few months, realized we were in a space called media monitoring. And uh, we added video and we added speech recognition. And that all happened 20 years ago. In the U.S., the FCC mandates that um, all television program be closed captioned. So we just had to buy some special hardware to strip that text out of the video stream. The text was actually created by a human being who was watching the TV and using a court reporter style stenographer to, uh, to create the, uh, the, the closed caption text. So that was the original product, was a text-only alerting service and search tool. And then about two years later, in uh, 2001, we added video and we added uh, speech recognition to create transcripts for non-captioned television, which is, which is common throughout uh, internationally, uh, as well as radio. I've had a very solid core team of engineers that have been with me. Uh, one guy was with me in the consulting days. It's been almost 30 years. Um, my core engineers have been with me 15 to 17 years. Um, so a lack of turnover and a focus on global expansion have uh, been di big differentiators for us. We, um, we, we're operating in 16 countries currently in a dozen languages, and none of our competitors come close to that. We were uh, venture funded at, at the very beginning, a very small amount of money, uh, less than a million dollars. and. Uh, and then we, uh, in the early 2000s, bootstrapped it. We just we took everything that came in and reinvested it into the uh, infrastructure and um, have had very minimal outside investment. In the early days, we considered a consumer product, but we really couldn't figure out a way to monetize it. Now, there really wasn't an ROI for the consumer side. 
so we quickly uh, realized that it's really a B2B service where we charge you know, $500 per month to companies to have access to the database. Um, we just, in the early days, we were also ad supported and uh, we just we just couldn't generate enough revenue to keep, uh, keep the operations going. So it's really a, a purely a B2B play. We don't use Tribune, uh, but we do, we do purchase programming, electronic program guide data so that we have all the details of, of the programming. Um, and then, you know, our collection of the transcripts um, is being monetized primarily through our, our subscription service, but also through um, some big data channels where they take all of this real-time information and crunch it with various algorithms. We, have, we keep 90 days um, online and available to the customer, but we maintain it. We have an archive of several years, but we don't monetize that currently. We, um, we have it, but it's, our customers are really dealing with the uh, current news cycle or the last news cycle, so there, we just haven't had much demand for the archive. We are experimenting with YouTube and monitoring popular YouTube videos, but uh, the other over-the-top services, no, we're not currently monitoring. As they transition into live programming, we will start to collect that information. Are any of them doing it? I'm not aware of it. I, I think I've seen some examples of, of, of some live events on um, – on either Netflix or Amazon Prime, but it, it hasn't reached any critical mass yet. Uh, video monitoring involves putting um, custom hardware uh, within range of the signal. So in the United States, uh, with 210 DMAs, um, we actually have lots of locations uh, hosting our computers in order to get the local news broadcast. So the real challenge is managing this worldwide network. Uh, we're monitoring over 2,500 stations. Uh, so we have a 24-hour support uh, network around the globe that keeps an eye on the network and makes sure everything is up and running. Yeah, so we're excited about this new product offering. Uh, it's been under development for a couple of years. Um, we have very sophisticated speech-to-text software that's uh, operating in multiple languages. And so we created a system to crawl the web and uh, the RSS feeds of various popular podcasts around the world. And uh, we ingest those um, about 1,500 hours a day currently. Um, and we create a searchable transcript of each of those podcasts. And we're utilizing um, a form of artificial intelligence to make sure we know where the cursor is for each podcast, because a lot of these podcasts now have automated ad insertion, and that ad insertion can occur at different times in the podcast. So that was an, uh, an, a challenge for us initially, but we, uh, we now have a system that is able to know where the, the keyword was spoken in the podcast so that when we go to play back a portion of the podcast, we know exactly where to start. The ads are inserted automatically, so... Um, and, and it, it, one, one ad might be 20 seconds, another ad might be 30 seconds. So uh, we found that 
this really complicated the playback of the snippet of the podcast that contains your search term. But we solved that problem because ads come in varying lengths. And so a computer inserts an ad at some offset, say five minutes into the podcast, and uh, it could be a 15-second ad or it could be a 30-second ad. Okay. That, that screws up the time code from that point onward. I see. And then certain other uh, podcasters will have a, uh, a file that, that has automatic ad insertion in it. So, again, these automatic ad insertions are of varying lengths, and that's why we had to solve the problem of offsets. We're using several um, uh, popularity uh, rankings. So uh, one of them would be iTunes. So we're just looking for the, the, pop, the popular podcasts uh, with the most followers. And then we also, for our customers that have specific podcasts that they want to listen to, they can request that we monitor it and we'll add it to the system. Yeah, it's, it's just becoming a, um, a very targeted sort of audience where people, just as people will turn into certain radio shows uh, at a certain time of day, podcasts obviously enable much more flexibility uh, in selecting content of interest to the user. And uh, yeah, we're very excited about the growth in podcasting. We actually created a, a, a consumer podcast search engine uh, way back in 07, 08. Uh, it's called Podscope. I read That was us. And, um, you know, it was an experiment that, you know, we couldn't monetize. So we, and, and podcasting kind of went through a trough, but it's surging back very strongly now. Well, it's, uh, you know, qualifying uh, and fact-checking the data is very difficult, and it's not a role that we play. So our, our goal is to follow the eyeballs and the ears. So wherever there is a meaningful audience, we will be indexing that content. But we leave it up to the user to decide the veracity of, of what they're listening or watching. Yeah, it's, it's early days uh, very much, uh, trying to move away from Boolean search to a, to a more AI um, driven query, uh, but we are, um, our use of AI is mostly on the back end, not on the query side. Um, we're using AI in our speech to text so that uh, we have uh, dictionaries that update themselves automatically uh, based on uh, missing keywords. So the way speech to text works is it, it, it uses prob probabilistic analysis to determine what word was likely spoken. And then it looks at a dictionary and picks the highest probability word that it thinks it heard. Well, this uh, works great until you come along with a keyword that is not in the dictionary. So lots of new brands are not in the dictionary. Lots of new political people who are elected are not in the database. So we have an engine that goes out and crawls the web and learns what's missing from a dictionary in a given language, a given country and automatically updates the speech recognition engine to pick up that word going forward. But we also have a lot of partners who uh, resell our product and they take our text feed and put it into their, in, their interface. And so they're layering on new uh, AI levels of queries 
that work against our text, but we're not currently uh, utilizing AI at the query level. We, we don't play that role, that editorial role. Uh, so what we do is when we, when we light up uh, content, uh, like a TV channel or radio channel, we'll record it 24-7 and provide a comprehensive index of that content. And so we leave it up to the user to decide what's relevant to them. And uh, we, we do not play any editorial role uh, other than picking popular podcasts and popular YouTube videos. That is the, the primary discovery method of, that all of our customers use, which is the keyword search and the ability to go right to that portion of a broadcast that mentioned that keyword. Yeah, what makes uh, a video go viral is, uh, you know, it, it's very much a mystery. Um, what we do is uh, recognize that something has gone viral and create a searchable index of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the giants uh, of Facebook and Google um, are driving um, viral videos through the way they expose it to their users. Um, but what we do is we, don't, we, we just try to identify what has uh, taken off and has a large audience, and then we make it searchable at the spoken word level. Yeah, it's... There's a certain amount of uh, cannibalization that happens, but the channel conflict is not a big deal because uh, the reality is um, we have a relatively small direct sales force, um, uh, still increasing sales year over year. Um, and, uh, but our, by, by embedding our product with social media monitors and online news monitors, uh, we're able to leverage the sales forces of those companies. And so we really have thousands of salespeople uh, selling TVIs and only a handful selling, uh, selling it directly. So the combination has actually worked out very well for our growth. Well, it, it was a, a five-year ordeal that uh, I wouldn't wish on anyone. Um, it was a rather unusual that a broadcaster didn't want to license their content to us under any circumstances. And that was the case with Fox News. They just, there was no price point that they were willing to license the content. And at the time we thought, well, we can't turn off Fox News and Fox Business because it's too important to our customer base. Um, but after five years and uh, we won in the lower court, we lost at the appellate level. Um, and they ruled that we couldn't record the video. So we still monitor Fox News and Fox Business transcripts, and we make those searchable and, and deliverable. But uh, we don't have the Fox News and Fox Business video, and neither do our competitors. It's, a, it's an unusual situation where they just don't want to license their content. The, uh, the federal judge uh, in New York uh, thought that it provided a, a useful uh, research resource for journalists and uh, public relations officials, and he saw the value of it. And he also said that it, we didn't cause any harm to Fox News, and uh, so he was in favor of the service. Um, but on appeal, um, those judges disagreed. When was this? This was. I think a year ago, so it's pretty much the 
you know, the, the, the Supreme, the, the justices that we, you know, have had. Um, but pre Gorsuch. What's that? Gorsuch, um, I believe he was on at the time. But we don't, but we don't know which judges are involved in accepting or rejecting. Uh, they get 8,000 applications for review and only take on, what is it, a few dozen cases a year. Yeah, so of the many um, social and online news monitors around the globe uh, who lack broadcast, we uh, have a, a series of uh, documented APIs which allow those companies to ingest our feed. They have different ways that they can ingest it. Uh, they can do the search on their end or we can do the search on our end. Um, and then we, um, we have various financial terms usually tied to customer growth um, as to um, how we're compensated for the data that we supply. Yeah, we have a, a general 10-minute um, limit on watching um, a broadcast. But our statistic, we log all user activity, and the average clip is watched for about 35 seconds. So it's very rare that a clip watch is even over a minute. I think that we are purchasing that data, but we're not currently exposing it. We're, we're really exposing the description of the show, uh, the name of the show, um, its rating, um, you can get an, an, an email alert within seconds of the keyword being spoken, uh, and the video will start playing within one to two minutes. Well, we, we have a couple of types of queries that our users typically employ. One is a standing watch list. So they will have a list of terms that uh, terms or phrases that they care about, and then they can log in throughout the day and see any recent mentions of their predetermined search terms. Um, we also have a, a powerful search capability where ad hoc searches can take place and you can filter by any number of formats, whether it's radio or TV. You can filter by DMA. Uh, you can select certain channels. So um, it's a very flexible set up to let you narrow in and focus on, on the content that you want to search your, your keyword on. Yeah, we're moving into uh, some new areas. Uh, we've recently uh, launched a logo search capability. So um, in addition to doing a spoken word search across our uh, product line, we're now doing Thanks logo for searches. This is Eric Schwartzman for the B2B Legion podcast. So See you next time looking for ways to leverage this content that we're capturing. We're capturing over 55,000 hours every single day, and we are applying new tools to discover what's both visually on the screen as well as what's been spoken. Um, you just cannot publicly display it. So um, it, it's really for internal research purposes only. You can't put it in social media. Uh, you can't put it on your website. It's strictly for internal use only.